Well, you can always tell when we're getting close to the end of the long green season of Sundays after Pentecost, or what we refer to as ordinary time, because we start to hear some rather apocalyptic sounding passages from the scriptures. Well, we're there if you did not notice. We hear the prophet Malachi saying that the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. Ominous, yes. But hopeful, too. Nice to know that all those evildoers are going to be, you know, stubble. The psalmist likewise says, In righteousness shall he judge the world and the peoples with equity. That's not all bad, is it? And then in the Gospel of Luke today, we hear Jesus and his disciples. They're sitting in the temple in Jerusalem. Now remember that these folks were from Galilee. Fishermen, carpenters, farmers, country folks from the sticks. And here they are now in Jerusalem. And they're in the temple, which was a dazzling spectacle that could be seen from miles away as people drew near the city. Now Herod never did anything in a small way, and this was his expansion of the second temple on a scale that was unlike anything this city or this part of the world had ever seen before. Imagine a group of people who have never been out of, I don't know, I'll pick on my own home state, the cornfields of Indiana, arriving in New York City for the first time, or Seattle for that matter. These folks were amazed. They were dazzled. They were looking up and around, pointing out all the beautiful stones which, with which it was adorned, and all of this dedicated to God. They had never seen anything like this before. There were goosebumps all around. And then Jesus speaks up, and he says something very strange. He said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All of this will be thrown down. Talk about a bummer in the middle of all this excitement. And they want to know, well, when is this going to happen? He begins to warn them then about false messiahs, about wars and insurrections, nations rising against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, earthquakes, famines, plagues. Now some of this sounds a little too close to home. Never-ending war, overthrow of the rule of law, realigning of the global power structure, earthquakes, the big one perhaps even, global climate change along with the attendant famines and plagues, loss of species, and the collapse of the biosphere, all of which we here projected in our future. Some perhaps inevitable, others only if we do not take serious action to ameliorate them. Every age has its own fears, yes, even predictions of apocalypse, it seems. And that was certainly true in Jesus' day. He was not telling his disciples not to be concerned, but he did say that even though these things happen, this will not be the end. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's stop for just a moment and place this scene from Luke's gospel in its context. The gospel of Luke was written likely 
uh, sometime between 80 and 120 AD. And then it was spread among the churches of Luke's area. And by that time, all of those who read it would have already known that, in fact, the temple in Jerusalem had been totally obliterated by the Roman emperor Titus during the sacking of Jerusalem in the year 70 AD. There's a gate in the city of Rome to commemorate the occasion. And yes, it was truly an apocalyptic event. Picture the worst scenes that you have seen from Syria or Iraq or Yemen. The Romans were just as meticulous in their destructive powers. Not one stone was left standing upon another. The level of human suffering is hard to imagine. There was large-scale displacement of people fleeing for their lives, most of them never to return. Now Luke projects this prophecy that had become reality uh, for the people of his day back into the mouth of Jesus. Similar words are found in John's Gospel where we hear Jesus say, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Now, when they heard this, the Jewish authorities thought it was ridiculous and said, this temple's been under construction for 46 years, and you're going to raise it up in three days? But John, commenting on it, says he was speaking of the temple of his body. The temple had enormous significance for the people of Israel. There was a clear sense in which the temple represented Israel, and its most honored traditions and its sacred identity. And for the late first century Christians, now without a temple in Jerusalem, the image of Jesus' body as temple gained prominence. And in the same way that the temple represented Israel, so did the title Son of God for Jesus, as Gene Webb has emphasized in some of our recent classes with him. It is Jesus for them who was identified as the fulfillment of Israel's call to be a chosen people, living in righteousness and in perfect communion with God. This is the temple that had been destroyed and raised up in three days. John reminds us too that after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said that this temple would be raised up in three days, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Luke's telling of this story served yet another purpose. It was to prepare his readers in the early church for the difficult things that they were facing and still would face because of their faithfulness and because of their witness to the message and the person of Jesus. In speaking of all the terrible things that would happen before the end, he said that they will arrest you and persecute you. You will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. He said they would even be betrayed by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name and that by your endurance, you will gain your souls. Not only would Jerusalem and its temple be destroyed by Rome, 
but the small fledgling community of Christians would also be seen as a threat to the empire because of their allegiance to Jesus as Lord. At various times, they came under official persecution, and yes, some did even die because of it. If these forbidding words say anything to us today, it is, I think, just what Luke says in his gospel, that Jesus said, keep on going. Even in the face of the most difficult times, even when it seems like the world will surely come to an end, yes, it will be hard sometimes being a follower of Jesus, living in love where there is so much hate. Yes, you will be misunderstood, sometimes even by your family, perhaps by your neighbors or co-workers. When you think you should love your neighbor as yourself, even if that neighbor is a Muslim or an immigrant or gay or transgender, you might even face hostility for your allegiance to Jesus rather than the emperor. But this is not the end, he says, and by your endurance you will be saved. Amen.